Greetings and salutations, family, and happy and blessed Palm Sunday to y'all. Palm Sunday? Hmm, what is that, you may be wondering? And I am so glad you asked, because I got you. I'm going to break it down for you on this episode of Modern Faith. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of Modern Faith. And um, last week's episode was all about spiritual wellness, strategies for spiritual wellness in the time of the coronavirus. And it's really, really interesting how sometimes all of the dominant stories in the news cycle and, um, you know, all of the anxieties of our lives can sometimes um, prohibit us from kind of seeing um, and acknowledging um, all the other things that are happening in the world. And I know maybe about uh, three or four days ago now, I looked up and I had to remember like, oh yeah, we're also still in Lent and Holy Week is also coming up. And, you know, I have just sort of been thinking about what this whole intersection of Lent and Holy Week and uh, Palm Sunday um, and Easter, what are what are all these intersections about with the coronavirus and with the political landscape and with the 2020 census and with the stories that I'm reading on my socials of family, friends and their family members who are sick and friends and their family members that are passing. It's just such an interesting time to be alive. It's just such an interesting time to be um, a believer. Interesting time to be someone who um, considers themselves concerned about the state of the world and the state of our global communities. And so um, this Palm Sunday, um, I have a couple things I want to do on this episode. I kind of just want to explain what Palm Sunday is. It's um, certainly not Christmas, Mother's Day or Easter, which are like the three basically Super Bowl Sundays of the liturgical year. So I want to talk about that. And I also kind of want to explain Holy Week. But then I have a um, Palm Sunday reflection that I wrote. Um, It was for Sisters Chapel, but as I've been reading over it and kind of just wanting to take the spirit of Palm Sunday into my own spirit, I thought I'd love to share this with the Modern Faith crew as well. So let's get this conversation started. So what is Palm Sunday? Um, Palm Sunday is the Sunday right before Resurrection Sunday, which is also known as Easter Sunday in some spaces. But uh, Palm Sunday is seven days before that, and it is the sort of official 
um, launch, if you will, of Holy Week. And Holy Week is a week of um, observances and traditions inside of the Christian faith tradition that um, serve to um, lead us sort of in the way of Jesus and his final week before his crucifixion, but also to prepare our hearts and to prepare our minds, prepare us spiritually for Good Friday and for Resurrection Sunday. So today we are celebrating Palm Sunday and it's an interesting day to be celebrating and an interesting season to be celebrating any of these occasions because we're all in quarantine, we're all social distancing, we're all experiencing varying levels of um, isolation. And so we're having to sort of Again, think about um, the you know what is happening at these intersections of these um, occasions, which Holy Week ranges from the joyous day of Palm Sunday to the you know the rage of Tuesday and the rest of Wednesday and the solemnity of Thursday, the cruelty of Friday. Um, and I'll explain all of those days, but, you know, the Holy Week is just sort of an amazing sort of amalgamation of all of the emotions that people are experiencing right now. And the reality is, is, you know, all the emotions that are presenting themselves in Holy Week you know, many of us are experiencing them in the course of a day right now. We go from our highs and our lows and expressing our gratitude for what we do have and mourning and grieving what we've lost and uh, mourning and grieving what's not normal. Like, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I'd be on these emotional roller coasters. Like Palm Sunday is the start of um, Holy Week, and it is indeed a joyous occasion. And um, the Gospel of Matthew, to me, is the most in-depth rendition of um, Palm Sunday and all of Holy Week um, leading up to the, um, to the cross and the resurrection. And on Palm Sunday in Matthew 21, um, we get this story of how Jesus is... Um, Coming, preparing to come into the city of Jerusalem, and he sends his disciples to go get for him a donkey and a colt, um, which he will use to process into the city of Jerusalem. And it is a great showing his procession into the city, his um, triumphal entry, as we call it. It's a great showing of how influential he had become um, because we see in the story that he is greeted and he's hailed by crowds and crowds of people who are excited that, that he has come and so excited at the possibility that perhaps this is the Messiah and he can save us and He's greeted with, um, you know, an all-star welcome from the city. And so it's a great showing of his influence, but it's also a great showing of how Jesus as a grassroots, rebellious, anti-establishment healer took on the system, the empire of Rome and all of the religious leaders that supported it. And um, and its powerful hierarchical leadership structure, and he took it on, and he became a leader of the people. You know, 
Um, and if you read the Gospels, we see why, right? You know, he spends those three years of his ministry absolutely changing lives with his teaching, with his miracles, with his healing. You know, and by this point, he has become influential because he did a lot of good um, and sowed a lot of positive seeds. Um, and on this particular Sunday, he came into the city um, not on a horse, not on a chariot, not with some great extravagant showing of wealth, but he came in on a donkey <laughs> And so one of the beautiful sort of um, ideas behind Palm Sunday is um, how humble of a leader Jesus was and how his leadership was not powered by the same sources of power as Rome, but it was truly powered by the people, um, powered by his compassion and his commitment to serve, his commitment to his call. And his sort of radical um, commitment to subverting structures of greed and injustice. The people were excited that day. And if you read the story, you can feel like they're shouting Hosanna, uh, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. And they've got palms and tree branches that they're waving and that they've laid on the road where he's processing. And um, once again, these people have experienced him or they've heard of him. And in this moment, they're excited because they believe that he has the power to save them, which is exactly what Hosanna means. It means uh, save us. And on this particular Sunday, if you were to walk into many Christian churches, you would see varying expressions of um, the celebration of, of Jesus. You would see uh, people waving palms. You might find people waving palms that are folded into the shape of a cross. And we um, do that as a symbol um, to remind us that just as Jesus processed into Jerusalem, he also processes into our lives. And he marches into the city and where and then he marches into this city where he knows, like, I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be confronted. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be tried. And ultimately, I'm going to be killed. Um, and he willingly marches into this city uh, and he shows us that he's not afraid of any deadly empire or any powerful construct of greed, malice, power consolidation, social stratification, religious tyranny, theological lawlessness, selfishness, injustice. Um, and he's just also not here for um, anybody that is on the margins for um, uh, reasons that are beyond their control such as their gender or their health or their socioeconomic status. He's, Jesus marches into this city so boldly. And I believe that what makes it so a triumphal entry is because he's, he's already saying and declaring that no matter what happens to me here, or no matter what's coming next, I already, I know who I am. I know my mission and I have come to accomplish it. 
So that's Palm Sunday. And that's the day that we're celebrating today. And I I love Palm Sunday. The church that I used to work at in Chicago, I, I used to love how we would open up Palm Sunday service. We would be singing um, this amazing gospel song. Uh, Hallelujah, salvation and glory. Honor and power unto the Lord our God. For the Lord our God is mighty. Yes, the Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God, He is wonderful. And I'm not going to sing on this podcast, but as we sang that song and the choir broke down all those parts, we'd be waving those palms and just celebrating um, the nearness of Jesus in our own lives and how just as he marched into Jerusalem, unafraid of what he would face there, um, he also arrives into our lives, you know, willing to take on our demons and willing to take on our sinfulness. I know that's not a popular sort of phrase anymore, but, it, you know, um, he still arrives and he takes up a residence in our lives and he um, he changes us from the inside out. And for these things, we give him glory. There's nobody like him. And so that's what we're celebrating today. And on to the rest of Holy Week, as I read through the Gospel of Matthew um, on from chapter 21, there are a couple of things. Monday, Jesus is teaching. Um, He's still working. Tuesday, uh, Jesus is kind of going head to head, toe to toe with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and his sort of ongoing tension with these religious leaders. And that's who the Sadducees and Pharisees are. They were the religious elite. Um, You know, his ongoing tension with them comes to an absolute head on Tuesday. Wednesday is a day of rest where he sort of retreats to the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. And as he is reclining at the table, his feet are washed with the tears of an anonymous woman. Um, At least in Matthew, she's anonymous, I believe. And then his feet are anointed with her very expensive oil as she symbolically prepares him for his crucifixion and later um, his resurrection. And it's just such a beautiful story. And if you've ever listened to the song Alabaster Box by C.C. Winans, it's all about this particular moment. So that's Wednesday, the day of rest. And then the next day is what we've come to call Maundy Thursday. And it's called Maundy Thursday because on that particular day, um, there's a new commandment that's given. And that's um, at the Latin root of Maundy, it means a commandment. And on the particular um, commandment that we're referring to is the commandment to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, And on this particular day, it's a very long Thursday. On this day, Jesus has the last supper with his disciples. He um, 
is betrayed by Judas. He institutes the Lord's Supper. He, as a tradition that the church still carries on, he uh, leaves the upper room that he's having the Last Supper and with his disciples, and he goes down to the Garden of Gethsemane where he asks a couple of his disciples to pray with him. And then he goes on by himself and he begins to pray and he begins to weep and he is betrayed by Jesus and he is arrested. All this happens on Thursday. And then Friday, we call this Good Friday, which, you know, to me, uh, the older I'm getting, the more I I wrestle with the paradox of calling this Good Friday because, um, you know, what's the good in what happens in this day? He's, um, uh, it says on Friday that he um, was beaten, he was basically tortured, and then he's taken before uh, basically a jury of the people. And it is said that the same people that hailed him on Palm Sunday turned him over to be crucified on Good Friday when they uh, elected uh, to have Jesus crucified instead of Barabbas, who was a known criminal. Um, And at that point, Jesus is, um, you know, he's, he's crucified. And that is Good Friday. Saturday in the Gospel of Matthew, the religious leaders go to Pilate and say, you know, when he was still alive, he said that he was going to be raising the temple up in three days. So y'all need to put some extra security on that tomb. So that was on Saturday. And then Sunday, um, there are two Marys, Mary Magdalene and another Mary who are going to the tomb that Jesus is laid in to anoint his body. And they get to the tomb and Jesus is not there because he has come back to life. He has resurrected. He has risen. And that is what we celebrate um, on Easter Sunday. Um, And so we will get there (laughs) in a week. And I hope to be able to do something for Holy Week um, for the Modern Faith crew. Um, but as I'm still meditating and discerning that, please pray with me. Um, and I also want to refer us, um, for the reading of this reflection to Matthew chapter 21, where, um, the story is told. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 10, from the New Revised Standard Version, reads as follows. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humbled and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, 
and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. God's word for God's people. For many of us who grew up in the church, we grew up hearing this story annually. Every Palm Sunday, we'd hear some aspect of the story um, in the sermon about either the donkey, about how the Lord needs the unlikely thing and how humble of a statement it was that he rode into Jerusalem um, on this donkey and how um, how how the donkey represented a mistakable sign of his kingship because was he king or was he something else? I mean, he's riding on a donkey. Sometimes we heard about the disciples and how they were obedient when Jesus needed them to step up and how they um, they were the ones who accomplished the going and the getting of the donkey so that the procession could happen at all. And other times we'd hear about Hosanna in the highest sound, how this very story um, proves the messianic status of Jesus like Matthew wants it to do. And the large crowds who would also desert him. We hear about the palms. We've heard about many aspects of this story. Waxed poetic, preached poetic all throughout our lives, many of us. And I could comment on all of these textual elements And I could get into how amazing of a blow this moment was to the Roman Empire for truly Jesus, this poor man, this carpenter, this prophet, this healer was processing into the city and being received with such love and adoration. And it was a huge moment. And his donkey underscored his humility and how in Matthew, the donkey is feminized and her colt gets to see her shine as she carries Jesus into the city. And I could talk about the crowd and how they gathered and how they adored him just a few days before they shouted, crucify him. And again, many of us have heard these stories over and over again over the years. But recently... I overheard someone very close to me talking about how they're struggling with their mental health due to the changes wrought by the coronavirus. I overheard her talking about how her mounting responsibilities are wearing down on her more and more every day. And it hurt me to hear this. And I heard about the unemployment being the highest it's been in many of our lifetimes And people are really struggling trying to figure out how they're going to get through this. And it hurt me to hear it. And I heard that we are expected to peak in the number of cases in the United States over the next two weeks, even while we're currently at over 100,000 cases. And it hurt me to hear this. 
And then I heard that Bill Withers passed on and then that Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry passed on last weekend and Ellis Marsalis passed on and this friend's grandmother and this friend's grandfather and even a death in my own family. And it breaks my spirit to hear of our grief that is mounting on top of our grief. And so I believe that if Jesus would say anything to us right now today, it would be this. Keep going. Keep marching. Keep processing into the city. And Jesus knew what awaited him in this city of Jerusalem. And yet he marched. He knew that he was coming closer to fulfilling his mission. And yet he still marched. He knew that he was heading to Calvary and that he would have to die before he could rise again. And yet, even as he knew that things would get worse before they could get better, he still marched into the city. Jesus believed that his work was essential. And so he kept marching. He believed that he came to make a difference. And so Jesus kept marching. He knew that every step of his life had prepared him for the work that was lying before him. And that no matter what happened, between that triumphal entry and his triumphant resurrection, that his life was in God's hands and that everything would ultimately be all right. And so Jesus kept marching. Jesus got on that humble ass of a donkey and he kept marching into this city. And so on this Palm Sunday, I want to encourage somebody. I want to lift somebody up. I want to interrupt your sad and your dismal news cycle with a little push from heaven. And I want to tell you, keep going. Keep going. To the student who's on lockdown with your family, after feeling the feeling of independence, you're trying hard to hold it together by going to class via Zoom and trying to turn in all of your assignments while not letting your dreams die. Keep going to the educator who is having to pivot to teaching online when you signed up to stand in a classroom to, to feel the energy and the engagement of your students in person, one-on-one, -on -one, you are trying to hold it together. Keep going. To the medical professional who has to suit up and boot up and walk into literal dens of death every single day, we see you. We appreciate you. And may God be with you and strengthen you in your service. Keep going. To the researchers who are working diligently to find a cure, a vaccine for the COVID and every other infectious disease, may God increase your wisdom and your discernment. Keep going. To the grocery store clerks, to the shelf stockers, to the farmers who are still harvesting produce, and to the manufacturers who are still trying to be sure that we have food on our tables to eat, even while we're social distancing, keep going. To the elderly who are especially vulnerable and who are now in greater isolation because your family can't visit you face to face right now, keep going. To the parent who is now all of a sudden a homeschool teacher, a counselor, a play date, and around the, the clock cook, all while trying to work from home to be sure that your ends are met. God be with you. Keep going. To the working professional who's attempting to remain productive because you feel like you have to do more to deserve your paycheck. Be easy on yourself. Keep going. 
to the pastor who's trying to figure out how to provide spiritual care to the people who you lead. You don't have to learn everything overnight and you don't have to stream everything every day. Slow down. Keep going. To the counselors and the therapists who are listening to the words of those who are overwhelmed. Keep going. To the ones who's lost a job and you're worried about what the coming days will bring. Keep going. To the delivery person who feels vulnerable and exhausted and unseen. What you do is important to us. Keep going. And let me say this, that Jesus's keep going looked one way on Sunday at that triumphal entry, but his keep going looked very different in the very next moment in the gospel of Matthew. And in that very next moment, it looked like an outburst, an uprising of rage in the very next scene when he turned over the temple. And throughout that Holy Week, we see that even as Jesus kept going, he had a full range of feelings and experiences. He works while he teaches the masses. He works while he confronts the religious establishment. He rests in the home of his disciples. He is lavish with the love of a woman who anoints his feet. He shares a meal with his most intimate friends and even with one of his enemies. He steals away with three disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And then he goes on and he weeps and he prays alone in the garden. And so what I want to say is this, keep going doesn't mean that you operate at 100%, 100% of the time. It does not mean that you continue to operate the same way that you did before this crisis happened. It means that you do what you can with what you have in the moment that you have it. Some days it looks like you get up and go to work, even if that is inside of, inside of your home office. It looks like you hold a space with just a few of your people on other days. Other days it looks like you steal away all by yourself to grieve and to pray. But every day it looks like this. Keep going. Don't give up. Hold on. Trusting that this too shall pass, that this moment is temporary. And while we don't know how long this will last or how this will change us, we also don't know the breakthroughs, the turnarounds and the miracles that God has in store for the entire world. But God has this. We believe it by faith. So my message to you today is to keep going on this Palm Sunday morning. And as we face another week of uncertainty, another week of quarantining, another week of social distancing, another fee- a week of facing the anxiety of putting masks and gloves on and hand sanitizing every five seconds just to go to the grocery store. May God be with you wherever you are. Keep going. We've come to the end of this episode of Modern Faith. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you could, please take just a second to rate and subscribe to Modern Faith on all of your preferred podcasting platforms. And stay connected with us on Instagram and Twitter at Modern Faith Podcast. Thanks again. And until next time, keep the faith.